From the Mercy One Studio. Support for Iowa Catholic Radio and Making It Personal is provided by Sarah Vocations Ministry. Learn more at joinserra.org. Making It Personal with Bishop William Johnson on Iowa Catholic Radio and iowacatholicradio.com. Welcome to Making It Personal with Bishop Johnson. I'm Kelly Mesher Collins with the Diocese of Des Moines. On today's show, we're visiting with Father PJ McManus, pastor of Christ the King Parish in Des Moines, and Father Trevor Shaquin, pastor of St. Peter and Paul Parish in Atlantic, St. Mary Parish in Anita, also canonical administrator of Lady of Mary Parish in Griswold, and director of the Office of Worship. He's got a lot going on. He needs more titles. <laughs> I don't want to leave anything out. Who's this bishop? <laughs> but before we get to today's interview, let's find out what's on the bishop's mind. Good morning, Kelly. Good, Good morning. morning. In good mood, lots of occasions to celebrate. These last days of spring, although it felt like summer started in May this year, so here we go. But uh, as it rolls along, and the U.S. Open and golf and other things for people, but uh, marvelous focus in the church, and uh, it was so good to be with the people of Sacred Heart in Sheraton last weekend on Sunday, mm-hmm. a glorious day for that parish. They'd pushed back their 150th anniversary celebration, so when you think about it, 1869, yeah. you know, four years after the end of the Civil War, that parish was founded. I think it was a real railroad hub and everything else, but Father Samuel Danso and the parishioners. It was a movable feast as we not only celebrate Confirmation and Eucharist, but then had a great Corpus Christi procession through the streets of mm-hmm. Sheridan, great witness to the people. Thanks to the Scottish bagpipers who <laughs> led us. Uh, I failings of bagpipers. I think what a great communal witness. And then this past yeah. Wednesday, for people who didn't want to reseal their deck or do something else, the <laughs> people who showed up for the Bishop's Breakfast with Catholic Charities at the Pastoral Center, we had about 80 people who came mm-hmm. together and supported. And obviously Barbara Decker, the Director of Catholic Charities, who does such a marvelous job, Leslie Vandermolen as well, who oversees the emergency services and mm-hmm. the food pantry. And then yours truly gave a little bit of a talk, and mm-hmm. uh, and that was enough to send people out. And also, <laughs> anyway, but a uh, very great thing. Hey, Kelly, great job on the production on oh, the diaconal ordination last you. week. Our new camera system in the cathedral, it's really delivering, right? Yeah. We have four, how many? Five cameras? Four cameras. Four cameras. Yes. So we're getting all the angles and the, yeah, uh, it was great. Uh, the, the American Sign Language person it. in the box mm-hmm. and everything else, but uh, new deacons and uh, Nick Smith and Rodrigo Mayorga Landero. So uh, mm-hmm. uh, very happily. Uh, celebrated what a beautiful liturgy joined by Bishop Emeritus Pates as well, mm-hmm. who will be with us for the priesthood ordination, which is going to be the source of our main segment today as well. But uh, a lot going on. We're grateful the developments on the state level. Obviously, lots of laws being signed uh, these days, Governor Reynolds. One of the ones that we really have been trying to advocate for is this uh, mental health provision, whereby mm-hmm. the state is going to undertake really the oversight of the whole uh, and the funding with the uh, mental health system as well, uh, pulling it away from the uh, local uh, municipalities and the property tax that goes with that. I think it's really going to create consistency, accountability, and that that, uh, urgent need that we have to deliver mental health Mm -hmm. services, including teletherapy, which is one of the strong suits of our Catholic charities, too, Mm -hmm. so that they're able to to deliver this, and uh, Mm -hmm. that will be funded. And so we can continue uh, to deliver our mission. Obviously, we support and subsidize part of that as the Mm -hmm. people of Southwest Iowa and the Diocese of Des Moines. But I think also to avail ourselves of the resources that are there. So a great development. Uh, We're still looking probably next year for a racial profiling law to be passed. So that was one of the disappointments of this session. But Mm -hmm. good news, we want to celebrate when we can and Mm -hmm. uh, kind of put that out there as well. For church groupies, many may be following the United States Conference of Catholic Bishops. We've been having mega Zoom sessions uh, starting Wednesday. Mm-hmm. We had a regional region nine uh, session, and then uh, actually, for those who were, you know, it didn't seem to bode well when we took an hour simply to debate or discuss whether to amend the agenda before we actually got into 
to it. So that first day ran an hour and a half long. But yesterday's intervention, obviously the one that's maybe garnered the most attention, is the uh, Eucharistic revival and mm-hmm. Eucharistic consistency. And Bishop Rhodes of Fort Wayne South Bend uh, presented to us this proposed document on the Eucharist and the ch- in the life of the Church while it matters. Three parts, the Eucharist, a mystery to be believed, thinking about the real presence, sacrifice, and healing. Second part, the Eucharist, a mystery to be celebrated, unity, beauty, and identity. And finally, the Eucharist, a mystery to be lived, which is perhaps the most neuralgic segment, of moral transformation, and the Eucharistic consistency. I think uh, the 30 or so bishops who intervened, and it ran long, but I think they had that overall desire for unity, we do have the similar Eucharistic faith, but it's the prudence about how. And so I think a national policy. So we'll see what the results of the vote, whether we're going to actually have that doctrine. That we'll find out midday today. All right, sounds great. We're going to take a quick break, and when we return, we'll welcome Fathers Trevor Shaquin and P.J. McManus to the MCs of next Friday's ordination of five of our seminarians. You listen to Making It Personal with Bishop Johnson. Thank you, Big Red Q Quick Print, for underwriting the sports report. Family-owned and operated since 1980, Big Red Q Quick Print is a full-service print shop ready to help you with all your printing needs with speed and accuracy. Forms, manuals, brochures, letterhead, envelopes, business cards, custom invitations, design, and bindery. Big Red Q Quick Print, located across from Merle Hay Mall. Online at BigRedQ-DesMoines.com. Big Red Q Quick Print. We make printing easy. Support for Iowa Catholic Radio and John Leonetti in the morning provided by Bell Construction. Bell Construction is a roofing company. They specialize in residential re-roofs, like commercial jobs, and have the experience to meet all of your roofing needs with personal service. With Bell Construction, the owner will come to your home or place of business in person to inspect and ensure the quality of work that you deserve. They pride themselves in working with you on a personal basis and making sure you are satisfied. Bell Construction, 515-963-4494. Bell Construction. Welcome back. You're listening to Making It Personal with Bishop Johnson. I'm Kelly Mesher Collins at the Diocese of Des Moines. We're visiting with Father P.J. McManus, pastor of Christ the King Parish in Des Moines, and Father Trevor Shaquin, pastor of St. Peter and Paul in Atlantic, St. Mary and Anita, and the director of the Office of Worship, also canonical administrator at Larry of Grace and Griswold. Got to cover it all. Don't want to get on Trevor's bad side. <laughs> they, both, they both do a lot of heavy lifting. They They're both marvelous yes. pastors. And they and are they're so. Yep, sorry. Uh, they are MCs at next Friday's ordination. So there you go. I interrupted you, Kelly. I should apologize. <laughs> no, yeah, yeah, well, you're the bishop. Be more gentleman. <laughs> be more gentlemanly here. So, yeah, usually I wait to have the last word, and not the first. But uh, oh, uh, so we're so grateful, Father McManus and Father Shikwin, uh, with us today. I'll probably refer to you as Father PJ and Father Trevor through most of our interview. Just uh, uh, we go back a ways, don't we, Father PJ? We do. <laughs> There are scars. There are scars. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, well, you know, we we do have a priest wellness program. We can pay for your therapy from your, the tra- traumas of your former professor at Loris College. So, But uh, I think you are living poster children for what Loris produces and, you know, your your ability to serve the church. Obviously, some of the seminarians who went through the St. Pius X seminary program obviously discerned that they were called to marriage or that. But your own affirmation of that, and I think what a, a great asset and tribute to the Diocese of Des Moines, and as we continue to now look to Laura's to service. So anyway, I, I digress here. Next Friday night, a week from tonight, is a big night in the Diocese of Des Moines. Father Trevor, was it you who told me that this is the most men-ordained priest since 1992 for the Diocese of Des Moines? Indeed, yeah. I think that in 92 they ordained six or seven, and we're going to do five, so. Five? 
five. So, so that will stretch the capacity, right, of any church, right, with the people. And as some of our uh, pandemic uh, restrictions have been lifted and things, uh, five men. So uh, a movable feast for us. Father PJ? Yeah, Trevor, the last time we had this many, didn't we have to do it at the convention center? Yeah, it was at the Civic Center in Des Moines. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So, so, so it stretches capacity so much that we've not been able to do it in a church in a while. Yeah, well, as with my own ordination, I think just that the church is the fitting setting for this, mm-hmm. and so within the diocese as well. Uh, how did, uh, Father PJ, how did you come to assume this role as one of this uh, team of priest MCs? Well, when I first uh, returned to the diocese... Masters of Ceremony. Right, Master say. of Ceremonies. Uh, so uh, when, um, when I first returned to the diocese, um, I'd done uh, advanced work in both liturgy and preaching, and um, Father Trevor ha- was ordained just as I came back, but had to go back and finish his last year's school. So I was sort of Father Trevor's stand-in uh, <laughs> until he could return home. Um, and uh, and I, you know, I, I served as master of ceremonies in in both Chicago and St. Louis before, so this was uh, familiar territory. But it was a great privilege to be able to come back and do this in my home church. Wow, I've never heard you described as Father Trevor's alter ego, Father PJ. So. <laughs> Terrifying. <laughs> and Father Trevor, you were kind of gravitating in this direction even in your seminary studies, is that right? Yeah, so Bishop Pace had asked me, um, at the end of my third year in Rome, I had kind of wrapped up one course of study, and he asked me to start as a deacon and then finish my first year as a priest, uh, specialized studies um, in liturgy with kind of an eye especially toward... Uh, assisting at some of our diocesan um, ceremonies. Wow, marvelous. And, uh, you know, the, the, the asset that it is to the diocese, and then uh, as you come back to the diocese, and then as I uh, assume the office of bishop, uh, the office of worship, uh, you know, that's one of your titles here. Your many titles. It, it takes up so much space here. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so uh, uh, how does that go, balancing the office of worship and being pastor of a, a very flourishing parish in Atlantic, but also we've got Anita, and then obviously you've been assisting uh, Griswold and Reno. I, you know, I, Outlook calendar is a wonderful thing, you know, a little <laughs> bit of organization goes a long way, and then, um, you know, the world in which we live with instant communication and email makes it very possible to do a lot of aspects of the office of worship from kind of anywhere, you know, so um, I'm able to... and. Work on most of my duties for the Office of Worship here in Atlantic, which is a great blessing because I can find five or ten minutes here or there to kind of finish up something um, in the midst of parish stuff. So I, the day just kind of bounces from one thing to another, which is surprisingly efficient. <laughs> well, and uh, go ahead, Father PJ. Well, if, if I might just say, Bishop, you know, uh, Father Trevor is, is is a close friend as well, and I, I frequently take my days off and, and time out there. And one of the things that impresses me about Father Trevor is despite his vast workload, um, he, he, uh, he pastors liturgically. <laughs> um, it, it, the, the, the liturgy lives in him in such a way that um, it's not simply a matter of making sure that uh, rubrics are fulfilled and, um, and, and the right prayers are said or something, but that he really has brought the people to the heart of worship. And, uh, and he does that in little places like Griswold and in, and in bigger, more vibrant places like Atlantic. Ah, that's well said. So it's not just a kind of being a, a technician, if you will, or just a, a kind of a, a bureaucrat, you know, no. that you know, kind of moving people through. But that there's a spirit of the liturgy that embodied what what are we trying to draw people into, which is what I think what makes him most effective in this role. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Wow. 
Well, and we're grateful. We're grateful to the people of Saints Peter and Paul for sharing them too with the diocese. So uh, that's what we're always hoping, right? That every parish has a sense of belonging to the diocese. <laughs> <laughs> you know, subsidiary and solidarity. Now, anyway, um, so we're going to celebrate this at Our Lady's Immaculate Heart. We changed the venue because of the five. We're grateful to Father Michael Amadeo and Father James Downey for being willing to host us and the good people there. Um, can you talk about the kind of long wind-up for what goes into this and what kind of things are involved and what kind of uh, time commitment does it undertake? Well, we've been working on this, Bishop, as you well know, in earnest for six months. One of the ways that you're talking about balancing different duties, I kind of have a role that we don't earnestly start planning a diocesan liturgy much more than six months in advance. Otherwise, it just gets too hairy. But this has been on the schedule, what, for a year, year plus now? You know, we uh, we look to find a venue that could comfortably hold five ordinands, their families, and guests. Um, having done your ordination at St. Francis, it made, you know, and harassed those fine people, it made sense that we went and harassed someone else, um, spread the love around equally. So, uh, you know, Ankeny is a fine campus um, with a sizable church that can seat easily three to 500 more than the cathedral. You know, I mean, that's just the reality. Um, and so kind of getting dates set. And then the last six months have been, um, it's been an interesting ordination planning season, largely with the moving goalposts of uh, the pandemic. If you think back to the diaconate ordination we did a year ago, in which what we had the each of the ordinands, the, t- the three who were ordained had ten guests each. Is that right, Bishop? It I was. Think. It was. You know, um, with fairly subdued music, you know, kind of being very careful, knowing that at that point in time, music posed a unique... Um, risk, if you will, to life, liberty, and the pursuit, um, okay, thanks be to God, we've passed over to a better spot now. And so really since just after Easter, we've been hitting this pretty hard um, with Dr. Amy Beckman-Collier, who's kind of director of music for all things diocesan, uh, the folks at Ankeny, uh, Sandy Reesberg, my assistant in the worship office, and then Kathy Jordan and Father Parker in vocations. Um, really starting to kind of think through um, and plan through the ordination, the plural, because we, we just did transitional deacons. So mm-hmm. Which in a doubleheader. Credit to both <laughs> of you and uh, Father Chris Rising and also Father Tom Dooley as well, who are the, the, the four, right, who have yeah. Actus Master's Ceremonies. Uh, maybe you could uh, talk a little bit about that. And Father PJ, do you just let Father Trevor do all the, the work and then you just show up the I afternoon? Do. I, I you mostly know, look for like, <laughs> and tell people what to do, as you've discovered yourself, Bishop. <laughs> ah, yes, reference to the Episcopal ordination where yours truly tried to get up too soon after the uh, the uh, litany of the saints as well, and I felt this gentle but firm hand <laughs> pushing me down, you know, pushing my face back into the floor. <laughs> in, in retellings of the story, that has often become my foot, but I promise it was my hand. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, every priest dream, right? right. <laughs> Get it in once. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and then, uh, and then, who knew that the master survey would carry a comb, right? Uh, for after the <laughs> chrismation and things like that. that. So, uh, so Father PJ, do you just show up, or is there? Do you meet uh, collectively the four of you? We we have met collectively in the past. The four of us have gotten this down to a kind of a science. So we're 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 pretty comfortable. It's mostly the day of that we get together and and run through particulars in the space, which has had to vary, uh, whether we're in the cathedral or St. Francis or, or now Our Lady's Immaculate Heart. But Father Trevor puts in the, the greater share of the work. We're just sort of his vicars. Okay. <laughs> we'll, uh, there'll be a little, uh, I think Father Dooley's going to swing out and we'll have a kind of just an initial look. We've got a map mm. of Our Lady's Immaculate Heart, and uh, it's the closest. Is there yarn this night. time, Father? What's that? Is there yarn this time? I, I think we can avoid the yarn, hopefully. <laughs> but um, uh, it's the closest Tom Dooley and I ever come to ballet uh, coordination. You know, <laughs> and basically we're just looking to, okay, how do we move people around a space we're not used to? Mm-hmm. Um, but then, yeah, most of the work is going to happen uh, the, the day before the day of, and it'll come together pretty easy. As Father PJ said, the, the nice thing um, for the four of us has been as we've kind of now done about everything you can do in the life of the diocese, save for PJ, would you say a bishop's funeral? Yep. So you don't know? get any um, ideas. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> um, we kind of know not only what we need to do, but what each other will be doing, and that makes things go very, very smoothly. There was a, a time in our diocese where we would really only use one master of ceremonies, and it frankly was too much. And Father PJ and I both attempted that, and both found it, it just kind of there's led too many to moving chaos. parts. Yeah. yeah. So w- with four guys, each of whom have kind of a very distinct bit they're in charge of, it works remarkably well with as little stress as really can be generated for such an event. Yeah, the the choreography and everything else. Because as with anyone, I mean, when people are participating or have roles or are the ones being ordained, obviously their minds are all over the place right. and to be gently guided and things, you know, even though, you know, they've been instructed, uh, I think, you know, to have somebody who's actually doing that. So when that kind of uh, waft of the mystery coming over them, uh, is this a spiritual sacrifice for you all, Father PJ, to, to, to devote yourself in that, Yes, you can pray, but you're not participating formally as a concelebrant in the Mass. Is that a, an offering that you're making? And Very consciously. Uh, Trevor, you can speak to this too, but um, uh, obviously the days that this happens, I always celebrate Mass beforehand, and I celebrate the Mass for the intention of whatever the diocesan event is that's taking place. Um, but um, it, it is a bit of a sacrifice because um, you, you can't engage in the same way. In that sense, we are more technical because there's just there's stuff that has to happen for everybody else to pray. But um, if Father Trevor and I spoke about this just last night, um, you know, our, our our purpose here really is to serve the spiritual welfare, in this case, of the men to be ordained and of those that have gathered to, to be part of the celebration. Um, that's an easy sacrifice to make because it's such a it's such a great good. Mm-hmm. Now you do get to, to play a stole on at a certain point, right? Yeah. yeah. So, so it is clear that we are in fact priests, uh, and this one will be uh, especially important for me because I've been asked to vest one of the newly ordained. 
Um, and so, uh, so that's a, a sort of a, a little icing on the cake that isn't always there, but a, but a great privilege in the life of any priest. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we should mention those newly ordained, by the way: Deacons <laughs> Nick Stark, Jacob Epstein, Reed Flood, Brad Roby, and Max Carson. The Fab Five here. The, 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 you know, <laughs> don't, they, don't let them know that. They'll we take a picture them. of them crossing High Street. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we have a few minutes. We might end up going into the break, Father Trevor. But just, you know, if one had memorized this right as much as 20 years ago, this has been an evolving ordination right, even as it harkens to the first days of the church. Can you give us any thumbnail uh, sense of history or where we've evolved and what kind of changes are in play? <laughs> sure. Um, <laughs> and then we'll come back over the break. We've got about two minutes here. so. <laughs> I think where we would point to evolution, um, Bishop, would be merely in terms of translation. Okay. Um, the, the, the right um, not only uh, has uh, been, and it will be retranslated again here shortly, um, but put it entirely into the vernacular that is English so uh, people can understand it, but ceremonially, Gosh, PJ, what we just say? This is this sucker is pretty much unchanged since the. What do you think? Uh, fifth? Yeah, late fifth, early sixth century. Um, the 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 things that you know I I think are worth our noting are that the the structural pieces, all the bits have mm-hmm. always been there. It's just um, the the manner in which they've been done has has varied at times. So the instruments have always been handed, but the way that they've been handed over looks different. That kind of thing. Right. Right. Yeah. The prayer is pretty much the same prayer it's always been. At one point, we interrupted the prayer halfway through to do the laying on of hands, hands right. and then continued the prayer. Now we lay the hands on and say the whole prayer. Once upon a time, the prayers looked more like a preface. Um, yep. uh, and uh, and and they we stopped doing that because it was confusing people, especially when they responded like a bit of preface. It's that kind of thing that shifted. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Come to think of it, I wonder if what I was ordained if the laying on of hands was in the middle of that. I, no, no, that. you wouldn't have been. No, you're not that old. Close, but not that old. <laughs> 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 when was that, PJ? When was that change made, Trent? Uh, yeah. <laughs> okay. So you, if no, you were, you'd no, be no, no. In my, my, in my previous life, yeah, yeah. no, yeah. no, no platonic migration souls here. <laughs> kind of that liturgical principle of uh, the, the those celebrations which are most exceptional are most are and, and, and reflect antiquity the most. That's right. right. That's right. Mm-hmm. So, so there's especially at the moment of ordination itself, you're you're sort of time warped to a period that is very very early, and your ordination would look very much like the ordination of. Chrysostom or Gregory the Great. Wow, that's an out-of-body experience almost. So anyway, so we'll take a little pause here. We are going to return after our break with Father P.J. McManus and Father Trevor Shaquin to talk about the ordination of five men next Friday. Support for Iowa Catholic Radio and Making It Personal is provided by the Sarah Vocations Ministry, including the St. Sarah Club of Des Moines and the Sarah Club of Council Bluffs. Sarah is an apostolate of the Worldwide Catholic Church dedicated to fostering and supporting priesthood and religious vocations. Sarans strive to accomplish their mission through prayer, fellowship, and service to the bishop, priests, sisters, and all in religious formation, and in doing so to increase their own holiness. Learn more at joinsarah.org, join S-E-R-R-A.org. Thank you, Sarans, for your support of Iowa Catholic Radio. 
Support for Iowa Catholic Radio and the Uncommon Good provided by Mercy College of Health Sciences, where you can chart your course for more. This is Bo Bonner. And I'm Dr. Bud Marr from the Uncommon Good. Mercy College provides unparalleled clinical rotations, hands-on learning, accelerated education, and flexible schedules. Since 1899, Mercy College has been transforming students into healthcare professionals. Guided by Catholic values, our faculty put classroom theory into practice. Students are prepared for roles in service and leadership throughout their own careers. Learn more at mchs.edu. Welcome back. You're listening to Making a Personal with Bishop Johnson. We are visiting, talking about uh, the ordination of five men next Friday. We have with us Father PJ McManus and Father Trevor Shaquin. Thanks for remaining with us. One of the things I've learned in my short tenure as bishop is that in that pivotal moment of the prayer of ordination, uh, that the, even though as Episcopos I'm the overseer, I'm being overseen just to make sure there's a little uh, scrutiny going on in the sacristy. Can you talk about that, Father PJ? Yeah, so uh, in order to make sure that uh, all things are fulfilled just and rightly, uh, somebody always uh, is looking at the text of the, the prayer of ordination whilst you're saying it to make sure none of the important bits get missed. That's not usually Father Trevor, right? It's usually Father Julie or Father Rising because Father Trevor and I are, Father Trevor's directing you and I'm directing the ordinance. Okay, so there's, yeah. so let's say worst case, and I have a, a, a pre-senior moment mm-hmm. or something, what would, what would one be compelled to do? Uh, we'd have a do-over somewhere privately where nobody would see or know. <laughs> Father Trevor, agreed? Yeah, or Father Julie'd come out screaming, one of the two, you know. <laughs> Both. <laughs> Stop! Stop! No, no. It, 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 all things would be, yeah, all things are rectified quietly so as to avoid scandal, you know. And and try to save some face and dignity for the bishop, please, if you could. A little, yeah. <laughs> Good. Uh so many pivotal moments in, in the rites, and you talk about the instruments and things like that. Uh, what has kind of evolved there, and obviously the litany of the saints, they'll be prostrating themselves, that very solemn gesture that obviously the priests also recap on, on Good Friday, too. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, uh, I, Father Trevor, if I may, I, I think one of the most important moments and one that really engages the hearts and minds of the people is, um, is the election of the, uh, of the candidates themselves, right? So they're called by name. Um, they're scrutinized in important ways, and this this harkens to the scrutinies even of the uh, of the rite of initiation. Um, and uh, one testifies on their behalf, a sort of sponsor. Um, and then and then the bishop's words here are very important. Relying on the help of the Lord God and our Savior Jesus Christ, we choose these our brothers for the order of the priesthood. Um, and it's the, the 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 this notion of election or of choosing is important here both that you have chosen, Bishop, because of, of your uh, discernment of these men, but it's not that you're just, you're personally saying, you priest, you priest, you priest. It's recognizing what God has done in them. Um, the, 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 the Eastern version of the same prayer, right, says, uh, that divine grace which always heals that which is infirm and makes up for that which is lacking, chooses, so that, so that it's both us and God who are doing the work. It's not congregationalist and it's not magic, it's, it's, it's sacramental. Mm-hmm. And so, the, you know, the role of the bishop expressing or speaking, you know, God speaking through the bishop at that moment, right. that I have chosen right. you. And that as, you know, St. Paul in our readings from Second Corinthians this week, we all That's know exactly. our weakness. We all know that we are mere mortal men and, and that, but that this is by divine right. And then the people's sort of acclamation is, is intended, I mean, it's scripted, but it's intended to be sort of spontaneous. Like, it's happened. He's done it. You know, uh, the, the time has come. But to your, to your point, Bishop, about your office at that moment, that's why the Church has you seated, mm-hmm. in theory, on your cathedra, you know, your teaching chair, 
wearing your miter and holding your crozier. It's but you are you are utilizing all, all of, of the things of your office. It's the most weighty thing you can do. Anytime you're you're in that position, it's one of the most solemn acts you can carry out as a bishop. So well. it, it, it's not you personally, you know, um, doing this, but it's the bishop of Des Moines, uh-huh. the successor to the apostles, who's acting. Mm-hmm. And again, that's an, an awesome and humbling thing. You know, the gravity of that and that moment felt in that way. Uh, and then we invoke the saints uh, shortly thereafter, and then the laying out of hands. Uh, any bishops present will can celebrate as we move through and things that are there. Uh, the anointing, the anointing of hands, and uh, what goes on, and then the, the the kind of custom that had a certain Roman uh, provenance, but uh, as uh, then carries over to their mass of Thanksgiving, right? Right. Sure. Father Trevor, can you talk about sure, that? Sure. Yeah. So the. And it's important to understand um, what we're, the anointing we're, is. We're down to 30 seconds. I'm okay. sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Got it. So the anointing symbolizes that which has happened in their ordination. The anointing symbolizes that they have been consecrated, especially to handle the Blessed Sacrament. Then Five um, seconds. <laughs> sorry. The, the little cloth that the oil, they wipe their oils on is given to their mother. All right. Uh, for another time. Thank you both. This has been another edition of Making It Personal with Bishop Johnson. You can hear Making It Personal with Bishop William Johnson every week on Iowa Catholic Radio and iowacatholicradio.com. Support for Iowa Catholic Radio and Making It Personal is provided by Sarah Vocations Ministry. Learn more at joinserra.org.